you starting? Are you starting? As hey, this is Wally hey, this Talk. is Wally Talk. <laughs> I'm Will. I'm Dan. We um, are in a February uh, podcast. Still new territory. Yeah, we've never done a February one. I had a buddy who was big on trying to catch a walleye every month of the year. He lives down south. He's making a big deal of that. And February was the one he was worried about because he can't. He fishes the river all the time, but he got his February walleye. We yeah. worry about March and April. But, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got a pretty, pretty special uh, podcast going on today. We've got a guest. Dylan Mackey is joining us, um, and I think it's going to be a good time. We thought Dylan would be a great guest, um, mostly because of your tournament experience and... Uh, I think you've got a lot of interesting things to talk about in the walleye world. I also think with a couple of really, really, really good-looking guys like ourselves, we could use one more. <laughs> so now we're a, we're a trio of really, really ridiculously good-looking right, men. Right. So A little bit on the short side, but <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Dynamite comes in small packages. <laughs> uh, do you want to just introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm uh, Dylan Mackey with Hang Loose Outdoors. Uh, grew up in uh, Grand Rapids, Minnesota, and uh, still living here. Love this place, and I uh, do a little bit of tournament fishing and uh, a lot of fun fishing, and uh, a bit of hunting in the spring. A trip out west there too, nice. and uh, yeah, yeah. We we don't even really know each other that well. Absolutely. Um, I think we've run into each other at Accesses a couple times. Yep. Saw you at the MWC. Yep. This is like one reason I actually like social media because I kind of feel like I know you. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I think you got a hold of me for some uh, vehicle repairs. Yeah, the first yeah. time. Transmission. <laughs> yep. It's not, yep. even, not even a fishing deal. <laughs> yeah. That's right. No, but you got to You want to go with somebody you you kind of know. Absolutely. Um, and your social media stuff's pretty good. Like I Thank always you. feel like your posts are pretty great. I watched a video of you during the Cast Lake MWC one. Oh. Oh, yeah. You were jig wrapping, and it was, you lost a big one right under the boat. Yeah. I felt, I felt <laughs> the pain. We were both watching that, and we're like, oh, no. Yeah. It was, uh, I believe that was day two. We had a, a good day one bag, and day sure. two just fell apart. We, right. That was our one only big fish that we possibly had. Could have been snagged. You, you never know. Really? Sure. We had, like, Especially with the jig wrap. Exactly. You yeah. never know. So. Um, is walleye fishing your primary your species of yeah, choice during during the summer for sure but uh during the winter i really like to chase lake trout and uh right now this time of year is the verbit time oh, so sure. um i don't do a whole lot of ice fishing for walleyes i'll do a couple red lake trips a couple lake of the wood trips sure um that sort of thing but this is your time of year to expand and yes. get some of the other species in exactly and plus the the my day job is as busy as it gets during winter so sure kind of have to work well yeah. <laughs> summer summer's a little different <laughs> it's a little it's a little distracting huh <laughs> can't imagine why yeah i always gotta tell the secretary i'm on the other line <laughs> good stuff um so you grew up in grand rapids did you grow up fishing like was your no actually that's kind of the interesting part uh of of the whole fishing thing that i'm into now um Growing up, I was racing snowmobiles and dirt bikes up to oh, about no uh, second year of college. Huh. Yep, that was that was my deal. Sure. And um, one summer, I uh, sold the dirt bike and bought a boat. And uh, Colt Anderson with Hang Loose Outdoors and Brock and Randy basically kind of just took me under their wing and, and showed me a little about fishing. And, and just like that, you were good overnight. Yeah, and the competitive, the com- <laughs> no, not not that. <laughs> I had a lot to learn. Oh yeah. yeah. At that point, I was like, "You catch them other ways than a jig and a shiner, really? <laughs> That's a thing." So obviously, in the last five years, is is kind of when I've done a lot of my learning. Gotcha. You know, before then, we'd fish opener and maybe once during the summer, and 
Sure. And that was it. You know, it was it was on to dirt bike racing. So. Gotcha. That's pretty sweet because it's interesting. I wonder if that that format, you know, starting later in life, you're not set in your ways at all, right? Like you're yep, you're exactly. at the right age to learn everything, yep. but you're not you don't have you're not dead set on anything. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, and hearing all the tournament stories from Colt, Colt Anderson, Ben Olson, Randy, and and Brock, the the competitive side of me was like, I want in. <laughs> yeah, growing up racing, this is just a, exactly just a different format. Exactly. So right away, like that's where you had your eyes set as fishing, not just being good, but like fishing um, competitively. Or it kind of rolled into that. I I got a boat for just to to get out and learn, and then. Um, Midsummer, a tournament popped up, and I was like, "It was actually the Graha. That was my first mm. tournament." And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna try it." What a butt kicker of a <laughs> tournament oh, just started! Zeroed for five years in a row. That's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Which is normal, I guess. For you did well this last year, though. Finally, didn't, didn't you? Yes, finally cracked the top ten. Nice. With three fish. Oh no, kidding! Yep, three fish. Interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, we. But we you can't say you didn't pay your dues. I think we probably did. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So, yeah, that's what we've got on tap. I, the whole thing's going to be talking tourneys with Dylan and uh, a little bit about probably like the ins and outs of what maybe you're good at, ways to improve, things like that. For but sure. That's what we've got on tap. We'll take a break and be right back. Having fun in the sun on the lake all day long. Porta-doc.com. Porta-doc.com. Find your local Porta Doc dealer today. Porta-doc.com. So, Dylan, uh, a question that Dan and I had mm-hmm. was how many different nicknames do you have? Oh, boy, there's a few. So many. Yeah, so there's many. a few. We thought of like a dozen on the way yep. here. I, I'd say there's probably 15. Well, most least. of them are good, though, right? Yeah. They, you can't really bend Mackie into... No, you can't. No. It, it most of them all come from a situation of doing something dumb or breaking something or you know <laughs> stuff like that right yep. the, the normal stuff <laughs> where you earn them yeah so that's right. right that's right um so is grand rapids your home what's like your home yep. region for fishing would you say like i know i've seen you on sure. leech and yeah leech um i'll go over to cast quite a bit pakegama a lot i'll fish trout lake a little bit here and there um, I don't fish Winnie as much as I should. We've got a tournament out <laughs> we there We say the summer. same thing yeah, every it's terrible. year. It's terrible. I'm, what, 30 minutes from, from gosh right. damn? And you got to drive by it to get to Cass. Right? Yep. Yeah, yep. I deal with the same thing. I um, do it all the time. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, we fish a lot of Red Lake for opener. We've, we've had an opener tradition for about, uh, actually since they opened up walleye fishing in, was that, 08? Oh seven, oh eight, somewhere in there. Yeah. That's got to be um, just a whack fest. It is. Yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. Um, last year we had about thirty people at our cabin in Northholm, so that was a that was the biggest hit, nice. and there's probably gonna be about forty this year. It's it's growing. <laughs> We're gonna have to put the camper spots up. But uh, uh, we'll fish red a little bit, and uh, occasionally I'll get up to Lake of the Woods, pull some lead core stuff like that. So it's mainly just within a couple hours here. Have you fished a tournament on Lake of the Woods yet? We have. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. I believe it was 2018. We did. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Um, what like so? I know you fish a fair amount of local tournaments. I'm yep. sure. Yep. Um, do you want to just run through like what what circuits you fish and some of the locals sure. you maybe do Absolutely. regularly? Yeah. We uh, Joe Bricko and I uh, JT Outdoor Products. We fished the AIM Series together. Um, we blended real well for the last couple of years. Uh, he was—I actually met him as he was going to sponsor me for to be on the JT staff, 
and uh, one day I said, hey, Joe, I'm thinking about fishing the, the AIM series. You want to fish it with me? And at that point, I'd met him twice. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah, I'd, I didn't really know him, never met his wife or anything like that. And uh, he said, yeah, let me check schedule and came back good. And, and away we went. Nice. So Joe is a, a hugely, a huge knowledge to me. I mean, he's, he's, he knows a ton about walleye fishing. So right. he's, uh, his expertise is trolling lead for and uh, at that point, you know, I had like two crankbaits I showed. Like, <laughs> All right, we'll we'll just use mine. You know, <laughs> one of them deals. So it's he's he's taught me a million different things about walleye fishing, and uh, we just we blend well together. Nice. So uh, yeah, we fished the AIM series. I fished the uh, local tournament, the Graha. Um, I fished the Cross Anderson when it was still the Cross Anderson. It's now the Knights of Columbus mm-hmm. now. Um, a couple of the AIM tournaments have always interfered with it, so I haven't done it for a couple years. Um, fish the um, MWC when it comes to either Leech or Cast Lake. Sure. Um, and that's about it. Uh, Randy Topper and I have fished the Eagles Classic on Lake Bemidji a couple times. Gotcha. Um, it's usually the weekend after opener. So the the AIM series and, and some local stuff. Okay. Yep. MWC, have you ever done one besides Leech or Cast? I have not. Nope. Gotcha. Nope. It's always been on uh, Leech or Cast. All right. So, and you'd say your focus right now or into the future is probably the AIM series? Yep. Yep. For sure the AIM. Um, there's talk within the team that we're, we would love to step up to the NWT side, um, but we, we fish the aim for fun. We, we have a blast with the camaraderie and, right. and, and our teammates mm-hmm. and just the, the, the whole experience between pre-fishing and fishing the actual tournament is, is so much fun for us um, that we just don't want to lose that. Right. Being that we step up to the NWT, then we're going to fish with the co-angler. Not that that's a bad thing. We're, yeah. We just obviously but you're losing fish. your friend. You're exactly. losing your Joe Brickle in the boat. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And we're Different just, experience. It is. Sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's it's nice to have the the person that you click with as far as when to go to the next spot, when to grind this one out, right. whether to right. switch to up from a jig wrap to slip bobbers, blah 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 blah. Right. Everything. Every decision that you can make yeah. during the day. It's nice to it's nice to have your partner for that. Right. Um, so that's just kind of where we're at with that. I talked with another guy who fished the NWT for a while, yep. and it sounded kind of lonely. For like, sure. A yep. lot of long days in the boat pre-fishing by yourself. Like, right. that's where it sounded pretty lonely. Yep. Most of us do that with in the, in the partner thing, too, but yep. the days are shorter, and you have somebody at the end of the day to at least, like, swap notes There's with. There's a meeting in the minds. Right, yep. right. Mm-hmm. I think you could... Strength comes in numbers. Right. That's right. right. And that NWT is a lot of travel, too. I mean, it is. Compared to, yeah, even compared to the AIM circuit. Exactly. You know? For 2020, there's not one in Minnesota. Um, so that's kind of another uh, hindering factor, too, is the travel part. Sure. Um, I assume most of our listeners probably know the AIM setup, but do you want to just sure. like do a once over on like the, the geographic region and the rules? And Absolutely. Yeah. So the, there's an there's a AIM Minnesota, Wisconsin, and North Dakota series. Um, each state has four qualifying rounds for um, their state championship, so you've got to fish three of them to qualify for the state championship. Um, each state, they're all they're all sanctioned within their state, so all the Minnesota tournaments are in Minnesota, all the Wisconsin ones are in Wisconsin. Um, they're all at separate dates, so you could fish the whole all three of them oh, if you wanted. You could. All right. Yep. I was yep. curious about that. Yep. Uh, most of the time, I should say. <laughs> I, be- I believe that it's like that. I have to double check. Um, uh, it's catch, photo, release, so you catch your five biggest walleyes is what you get to score. Um, you have a, your little scorecard, and you measure them out. You take a picture of them on the bump board um, with their left side up, and then you take a pic, You hold the fish up. It's called a hero shot of the other side of the fish, and they actually use a recognition system to make sure that you're not 
way in the same fish. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yep. They have a, a computer system that actually does that's it. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's classy as can be. It is. Yep. So you get uh, everybody gets uh, uh, the same weight for a 28 inch fish. So it's all predetermined weights. So if you catch a, a 28, it's it's 8.76 pounds, whatever it sure. is. Um, you always round up to the nearest. So if it if it's 28 and it's overed by just a little bit, but it's not 28 and a quarter, you count it as 28 and a quarter. Oh, so there's gotcha. no hair over, blah 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 blah. Right. If it sure. crosses the line, you get the next quarter inch up. Nice, so, bigger weights too at the exactly. end of the day for them. Yep, right? yeah. yep. So you get to uh, you get to score your five biggest at the end of the day, and um, nobody keeps any fish or anything like that. So it's super good for the fishery. Um, are those mostly one-day deals? They are, yep. They're, all of the qualifiers are one-day. State championship and national championship are two days. And they're, they're pretty well spread around. Like, or I should say they're probably pretty friendly for us, right? Yep. Because they do a couple on Mille Lacs, a couple on Leech. Yep. We're, We're going to have one on Winnie this year. All right. Yep. Uh, we'll have one on Big Stone. That's right. And uh, Lake of the Woods will be the state championship. Sure. Uh, last year, the state championship was on Lake Bemidji. Which was cool to have it close to home. Yeah, real right. nice. Yep. So the as far as the schedule goes, it's it's usually always awesome. Uh, we've had some on Otter Tail before. Um, trying to think of a few. There's, they there's, do some on the river, right? They, they've yep. Had them pool on. three and four. Right. Yep. Yep. They do them on the river. Um, probably forgetting a couple, but yeah, sure. that's the, the most of them, anyways. And a couple times they back them up. Like Leech has, don't they have two back to back? Sometimes they have. Yep. Sometimes it'll um, interfere with the regulations on the lax. So they'll have one scheduled on Malax, and then they'll have to get bumped off, and then it'll oh, be a gotcha. two-day unleash. Or um, if a permit doesn't go through somewhere, yep. they'll they'll do a. They're, so they're actually two separate tournaments, but one Saturday, one Sunday. Sure. And that's those are all hundred boat fields, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hundred boats is the limit. Yep. Um, another interesting point I forgot is the national championship. Um, if you qualify for that, that's a brand new warrior boat. Oh um, yeah. So they take the top five of the state championship from each state and the top five in points from each state. So they'll take your gotcha. three best tourneys for points, and then, like I said, the top five from the state championships, and then ten from each state go to a 30-boat field to win the Warrior Bowl. Gotcha. Uh, last year it was in North Dakota. The year before that it was Wisconsin, and now this year it's on Mille Lacs. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's going to that's gonna be a good tourney. <laughs> How do you feel, because you I know you um, fish tournaments where you got to weigh your fish. Yep. Like I imagine the biggest difference is just targeting bigs and right. having to target bigs and finding and your unders. unders. Yeah. yeah. Which one do you prefer? Or do you like, you know, like compare those two experiences? You know, boy, that's tough. Cause they're both a lot of fun. It's, it's obviously a lot of fun to put a 30 inch in your live. Well, go get the way that, is. <laughs> that is awesome. But, um, you know, as far as the fishery goes, it's nice to be able to just take a picture of that fish and throw it back. Sure. Um, how yeah. about scheming though? Like, because you have to scheme specifically for unders in, right. in certain situations. Absolutely. Does, is it sort of like cleansing to just be like, I'm gonna just gonna catch the biggest fish I can yes. all day. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. It's and and the nice part about it is is then you only have to come up with one program. Right. You know, just for the big ones. Where if you're chasing your unders, then you got to have two, three, sometimes four programs. Right. Because you know your your day one under program might not be the same as your day two. Right. You know, if, if you're going to win a two-day tournament, in my opinion, you have to have a, a program for each day. You don't want to go back to the same spot sure. day two. Sure, You know, you've, you've already... Just a limited resource with those big fish. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that if you're going to win one, that's how you do it. Interesting. All right. I need a break, dude. You okay? Yeah. Need a break? All right. Just get some fresh air, man. You go. All right. We're back. <laughs> Um, so in a tournament setting or just like in general, like mm -hmm. of all the, all the things that make up a good walleye angler, yep. 
why are you a good walleye angler? Like, what do you do well? And you I, know, it's hard not to sound breaky, but yeah, you know, you I don't, know I don't want to come are. across like that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk it as a strength. I think one of the, the strengths, and I'll, I'll, I'll pair that up with, with our duo of Joe and I, sure. um, is to always keep your head in the game. And to have the, the mentality of your, your transducer falls off, well, that's fine. Go catch them. <laughs> uh, you know, stuff like that. If you break a rod or you snap off on a big one, well, tie another one on and let's go catch another one. Yeah. There's one there, there's two. Don't get too um, heated. Yeah, the, just to, to roll with the punches. You know, uh, when, when something happens, the beer's always cold back at shore, but <laughs> you, you got to just keep after it. Right. Yep. Right. So I think that's, that's definitely one of our strengths is, is a mindset of, you know, you miss one at the boat or whatever. Well, put your land back down and catch another one. Yeah. Don't let it mess up the next hour of your Exactly. Of your day. Or even the next minute. You know, sure. it's, it's not worth it. Hindsight right. is always twenty twenty. so... It, it, take, it doesn't take very long to get another bite. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And right now, do you feel like um, of the typical stuff most people would, you know, read about on the internet as far as presentations or have a knowledge of, do you feel pretty well-rounded? Like there's not, not necessarily one that's better than the others or one that you'd like to improve on? Yeah, I definitely think the, the trolling um, lead core. I, I definitely want to get a lot better at that. Um, I definitely think my, as far as presentation strength goes, is crawler, a leech, and a big minnow. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, that's one of my go-tos is, is to rig them. Uh, you show up to a, like Lake of the Woods, that's the first thing I did. I showed up and I wanted to rig them fish. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a lead core game. You, know, <laughs> you, you just got to learn it. Um, Why is that? Just because it's a, it's a big open basin, the, the fish. I mean, the, this one school of fish we found was two and a half miles long. You know, oh at, at, at point eight, you'll never cover it all day. Right. When yeah. you can go two and a half, three and a, three and a half miles an hour, whatever your, your desired speed is, you can cover that two, three times in a day. Sure. Um, so that's, uh, that's definitely a big learning curve that we had to hit. I wonder if that'll be true, you know, as you progress in the tournament. It just seems like so many, the guys who really excel, they do the speedy stuff, you yep, know? And absolutely. I think you can kind of boil it down to the amount of water, the amount of fish they get to bait in front of them. Exactly, and that's what's huge with lead core is you can cover so much more water and pluck an active one every so often. Right. Whether, you know, versus sitting and, and hovering on the same school of fish all day and waiting for them to turn on, well, you can go through 15 schools of fish in the same amount of time. Right. So just bettering your odds. Right. But and doing it effectively, like with, exactly. your, with your bait looking right and running yep. where it's supposed to. Yep. But it can bite you, too, because sometimes the guy that sits on that single pot of fish all day comes back with a big old bag, and you go, <laughs> right. yeah. It's just the right, it's the right pot of fish. Exactly. Right. Yep. So there's, there's certainly a fine line there, and that's, that's the hard part is figuring that out. If you should be moving spot to spot to spot and just plucking the active ones, or if you should wait for that window. Right. I suppose a lot of that too has to do with time of year too. For like sure. you're not going to be wanting to pull lead core in know, the first week of May. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now some spots you certainly can. Um, like I hear Big Stone has has been one a few times in May on lead core. So I don't know. And and what I think is the the person that can figure out the goofy bite of say lead core in May or just doing it different than everybody else is doing right. it. Yeah, you think that's what often leads to tournament success? I do. Yeah. Yep. Finding the school that's not on the map. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. How often would you say? So, I the, I was just thinking about like the fall mm-hmm. leech NWC. Yep. Um, there were and the, actually it's true for casts usually too. Yep. 
a big chunk of boats ends up fishing the same chunk of water. Yeah, every time. Yeah. Yep. How, how often have you found yourself, like, in that chunk, and how often have you been outside of it? It's a good question. Um, I think I would... It, it has to differ between lakes. Um, like Cass Lake, it's almost always one in Pike Bay. I've never fished a tourney in Pike Bay there. Sure. <laughs> I'm always out on the lake. Um, there's, there's a point where there's too many boats and you just don't want to be the guy watching somebody else catching them. Right. You know, and, yeah. and not that there's not enough room or, or anything like that, but there's only so many fish in spots like that. you right? got to play your own game. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And I, I feel that way too, but often... A lot of the good tournament anglers are in that chunk of boats. For sure. Yep. And they might just have something different figured out. They right. might be using a longer leader or mm-hmm. four-pound test on their leader instead of six or eight. Or simple things like that can make the difference. Right. Um, what we like to call it is, is the walleye lottery. Yeah, that's the last thing you want to <laughs> yeah. do is get yourself in a position to be in the walleye you lottery. pull the right ticket. Exactly. Yep. yep. And for it to all come together, it takes a ton of luck anyways. But you hate to worse your odds by that. Sure. <laughs> Have you have you sat in a in a flotilla before? Oh, absolutely. A yeah. flotilla, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Did you? I'm always curious because I haven't, and I wonder if that's not a mistake on my part. Sure. Um, did you know there was going to be a flotilla there, or did you think like spot number one is ah. looking great, and then like you turn the corner and oh my god, god everybody god. knows about spot number one. You know, most of the time you can see it coming. If if you find a good spot, you usually. You can't resist but to check on it every right. day. You can't, you can't go back. You, know, you can't just say, you know, ah, I'm not going to check it today. I know they're there. I don't have enough power to do that. <laughs> I'm going straight there. You know? So a lot of times, you know, if you see other people snooping around, you kind of think, okay, there's probably sure. going to be some Words more out. people. Yeah. 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 So. Hmm. Um, you had mentioned, well, and we're, we're kind of on yeah. the. So you, you were talking about finding the goofy patterns. For sure. Uh, in order to be successful in tournaments a lot of times. Yep. Um, what is your strangest pattern that you've come across sure. uh, in your tournament days? So uh, in 2017 in uh, Lake Vermilion, we had the state championship up there. That's another one that AIM goes to a, a bit is Vermilion. Forgot that one. Oh, really? Um, which is the most important one. That was our, our first and only win <laughs> the state championship. At the state uh, championship. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was awesome. Um, we had a spot that was probably three, four hundred yards long of big giant boulders um, that the big fish were hanging out in. We were catching them on crankbaits. And, um, in the big boulders. In the big boulders. Yep, you had to be right in them. Your crank had to be almost ticking them. It, it, there was times where you'd, you'd snag on a rock, put your rod back, you'd get it out, bam. That's when you'd get no it. No kidding. Yep, so our, our program was it just took so long to put out lead core or to flatline troll them, get into your spot, run it. Sure that we actually did it on spinning rods and cranks that would dive deep enough to get down to where we needed to be. So we would get to the, the base of our run, we'd cast it out as far as we could, give it a couple rips, close the bale on spinning rod, and we'd troll two and a half miles an hour. So not a lot of people would have, per se, figured that out or they would have done it a lot less efficiently yeah, right. by, by starting 400 yards away so they had enough time to get their, their right. Baits out far enough. Yeah, right. you're running three times as much water to cover. Exactly. Right, exactly. You and know, you want it doing that. We want it doing no that. No kidding. Yes, we did. So yeah. how much, how much, how many crankbaits did you go through oh, in that process? Uh, probably 30, I would say. <laughs> um, 
we we came. It's not. A, it's yeah. It's terrible. We lost a lot of jig wraps too. Uh, we were catching a few on jig wraps. We didn't end up doing it on on tournament day. Um, actually, our our teammates Dan Swenson and Randy Topper they they seen how we did the first day and they didn't even go to the way and they went straight to Duluth to get more cranks. Yeah, I was wondering about that because yep. like, that's not a really great place to find no, tackle. No, no, they, nowhere <laughs> had them. You know. Um, oh, and they went for you. They went for us. That's and oh my gosh! It was one of the most awesome things I've ever seen some friends do for somebody. Sure. You know, they just they they just seen our weight and they got in the truck and took off. What do you awesome. need? Yep, <laughs> right yep. as a list. So. Um, that that definitely needs to be repaid, and I, I hope that they're in the same position, and, and we can do that for sure. them in the future. I'd love to like the whatever bait shop they went to. Right, these two dudes walk in yeah. on a mission and uh-huh. just clear a shelf. <laughs> yep, of just whatever. grab it with their arm. <laughs> Husky jerk deeps. Yep, I need all of these. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, that's pretty great. <laughs> so yeah, that was definitely the, the the weirdest pattern that we we put together so far. Um, a lot of people couldn't find them because they're in these rocks. I mean, these rocks are the size of Volkswagens. You can't run over can't it with sonar and find them. Right. right. It's not going to happen. Sure. I don't think we graphed one the whole time. So. That's, that's pure fish stinks right there. Yep. First one to come on a jig wrap? Curious. Uh, in that you, tournament? When, when, when you found them. Or did you, were you just trolling? We were like... trolling. Yep. Um, actually, we found them. So the, the rocks bordered the mud basin in, in Big Bay. And uh, we we seen a few that were right on the edge in the mud. Um, it took us a while to figure out that those, that's where they would go when they were loafing, was just out there and they'd just hang out suspended, just look beautiful marks like they're going to eat all day. <laughs> Couldn't catch them. Couldn't get them to touch them. <laughs> and um, piled into the rocks and bam. Huh. Uh, and they bit all day in there? Or did you they have did. A- uh, there was a couple bite windows. Um, day one, it was... 11.30, and we had one 16-incher on the cart. Oh. And we were the same spot all day. We were grinding it. We left and caught, uh, so we did catch one on a jig wrap. It was about a 24-incher. And uh, Joe said, well, what do we do? We're, we're kind of dead in the water right now. I said, well, let's go back. We went back. First pass was a 30 and three quarters. Jeez. Second pass was a 29 and three quarters. Oh, my gosh. That's and we were awesome. like, all right, we're back in it. <laughs> no joke. Yep. Oh, man. So in That's the course great. of 20 minutes, you were like, we're stagnant here. Yep. Yep. But we just kept after it, which, and, and that goes back to the to the staying with it part. At 1130, you know, when we're done at three, you don't have anything. It's like, right. that's tough to stay in the game. For right. sure. You know, yeah. flat, calm, super hot. It's like, that's that's the worst time. The easiest time would be to just give up. and For sure. And I mean the combination of like time of day yep. and your mentality, you know, like to to not be in a pretty piss poor mood at that point exactly. is hard. Exactly. Real hard. And then throw a, a missed fish or a bad net job or right, something that right. I mean you got to watch it because it, it can be over right there. Right. Uh, oh. um, That's crazy. Yeah, it was awesome. So how deep were those rocks? Uh, they were deep. Plenty deep. Fair no, they were they were between twenty five and I think the edge one was in about thirty foot. So they're they're fairly deep. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good stuff. One more break. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit how that works with all of you together. Sure. Um, so basically, from from the start, um, we've got a group text that probably goes off five times a day. <laughs> all year long um so so we start months prior to each tournament with 
um, to simple things such as logistics of where we're going to stay, how far that is from the launch, where gas is. Sometimes that's an mm-hmm. issue. Like in North Dakota and Bismarck, that was a, a, really? a definite thing. Yeah, yeah, we were probably 50 miles from gas. So No joke. Yeah, some, some of them have a lot of logistics that go into it. Some of them you're staying at a, a resort and there's gas and food and restaurant and whatever you need there. Um, so we start out with that. And then basically we just try to garner um, as much information as we can before we get there. So when, when, we're, when we show up, we kind of have an idea of a general area we need to be, uh, have an idea of, of what the locals, how they catch their fish, whether it's they always jig or it's mm-hmm. a trolling bite or um, if a lot of people rig, say, night crawlers or something, you know, whatever that is the, of what the, the locals normally do. So we, we gather a lot of that before we get there. That way when we show up, um, I feel like we're, we're quite a bit ahead of the game in that part. Um, just because of all the prep work you've done before exactly. you even get your tires moving. Exactly. Yep. Is that like? Does that just start with like your your fishing network, like the community of people you know in the fishing world? Yeah. Because yep. you're not just like cold calling a bait shop out in Bismarck, no, right? No, like you no, just talk to. Yeah, it, we 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 just use our network of, of people we know. For yep, sure. Yep. So it's there's no cold calls or anything like that. Um, and and from there we we just go out and, and start fishing. Um, we'll we'll keep updating each other through the text every day, um, at all hours basically. Um, send waypoints of where a, a twenty eight came from so we can try to replicate that in other spots on the lake. Um, when we've done our best, we we split the lake into six portions or the river wherever we're fishing. Eat everybody gets their own area, mm-hmm. and it's your job to figure out what's happening there. So kind of just how we break things down I think is is what helps us be successful at like it. you were saying before it's all about efficiency right and that's exactly speaks that's, volumes to your whole strategy towards the whole tournament aspect for sure yep and it, this is a this is a definitely a trend in the tournament world for sure right? absolutely like, yep yeah. yep there's lots of teams yeah yep um and then I'm curious like day of the tournament mm-hmm. ultimately you and your partner are choosing where you're going right? for sure yep and, and yep. so is there a, a point where you kind of i'm sure it's a gray area and probably no one knowing the teammates is what makes it work but yep. you know when do you decide to leave leave a guy alone and when do you decide to which you know how you know it... it's it, that's funny you bring that up very rarely we actually see each other in the same spots really at, at that point we've all kind of got our our favorite spot dialed in. Sure. Um, we, we, we'll still show up on a spot, and, and we'll just treat our, our teammates like we would treat any other tournament, but we'll give them room. We're not mm-hmm. going to bulldog them out of the way and <laughs> trade paint with them, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So if, if we wind up in the same spot, then... But hey, if you do trade paint with them, you can fix it, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So exactly. it's a win-win, really. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, um, and then the, this, like... The team, probably the best thing, the team, not the best thing, but one badge of honor you guys got is the national championship, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This year out in Bismarck on the Missouri River system, um, it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, Randy Topper and Chuck Assey took that one home. Uh, we were second. Joe Bricko and I were second, and uh, Tyler and Nate were uh, fourth place. Awesome. Um, and Clean that was, up the yeah, it was awesome. And for that tournament, we were all in the same spot two days in a row. Gotcha. Really? So that, that's uh, one of the instances of it. Yep. Was, uh, what about the other, w- weren't there only 10 teams in it? There's 30 teams. 30 teams. 10 teams from each state. How many yep. other teams were fishing that same water? Um, I'd say less than 10. 
uh, some five to ten boats were. Okay. And a couple of them went in and out. Some of them fished all day with us, but um, we were just in a little back bay. Um, the the main river channel was super cold, and this little back bay was anywhere from four to twelve foot deep, and it's all mud. Uh, a lot warmer water, and they were in there. <laughs> um, we caught a lot of big crappies and sheep's head and, no and a kidding. bunch of other rough, rough fish in there. So it was a, it was a lot of fun in there. Um, the water levels played a, a huge uh, a role in it. There's a, there's a portion of the river upstream from from where we were at, um, where upstream from takeoff, I should say, that was holding a lot of big fish. Um, but the river is uncharted and it's super sketchy. Oh. <laughs> the, 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 the dam actually controls the um, current, obviously, but the, when the current changes, all the sandbars move. So <laughs> one day your sandbar could be six inches deep right here, and the okay. next day it's, you can drive a boat through it. So there was, there was a few of the locals that had that dialed because that's, that's what they fished frequently. And um, the water went down far enough they couldn't get all the way up. Oh, and oh so no. there was a chance of really getting whooped by, by a lot of the local teams, but they couldn't get there. Sure. And those, if I, like, I watched, I think it was um, a hang loose, or who, who produced that? The that video? was Matt Bain. Yep, okay. The photographer for JT. For JT. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Because um, what were your weights? The weights were... Uh, they were between like 14 and 16 pounds a day. Gotcha. So they definitely weren't huge yeah, weights for, yeah. for what's possible of the Missouri River. And system. I think that makes it even more intriguing, you know, for like sure. that, that, that was the pattern you had to put together, you know? Yep. And, and to be honest, it was, it was the best we had. We had no idea what other teams were on. If, if, if people were whacking 28s, you right. know, we were kind of like, well, right. this is the best we got, so here we go. Yeah. And uh, it worked out. <laughs> That's a pretty good story. Yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. That's crazy. Um, and and the, the logistics of that, we camped at uh, the Hazelton campground, and like I said, gas was about forty miles from there. So it was uh, we 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 almost had somebody hired with a fuel tank at the campground for us. I mean, that's <laughs> that was how much planning we we had into this. So, <sighs> um, you got anything else? I got a couple other things, but um, no, you go ahead. Uh, you'd mentioned. You know, the AIM circuit is kind of where you're at now. Yep. Uh, but maybe something in the in the long-term plan for doing something on a, on a larger scale? Yeah, yeah. We would we would definitely love to, to step up to the NWT. There's obviously a lot bigger money involved in that, you know. Bigger risk, bigger reward. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, right, the, the term, the entry fees are a little over triple for that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's certainly a big deal. Uh, travel is, is definitely a big deal. There's minimum of like eight hours travel from here. Um, for the for the whole schedule, um, so we would we would definitely love to swing up to the the high caliber guys, but man, we're just having so much fun with with what we're doing. Sure. And then pretty fun being the starters on the lower level, right? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone's, you know, I mean, when we like Dan and I fish a few of the same tournaments that you fish, yep. and. Uh, I mean, you guys are always the, the group to, to shoot for. That's you know? right. That's right. You know, it's, <laughs> and also, to be fair, like the team to root to for be when, fair. when you're out of it, yeah, you know? Right, like, for sure. I hope, if I'm, you know, crap in the bed, I hope yeah. Mackie's. Right. <laughs> right, right. Thank you. But if I'm Absolutely. doing well, I really want to beat you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but that's good. If you didn't have that competitive side in you, you know, it, it wouldn't be fun. That's, right. that's what makes it a blast. You know, we like to categorize ourselves as the competitive nice guys. Yep. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, I guess I do have one thing. Okay. Okay. I know I'm cutting you off completely. No, you're good. So I have to hear it from you. Okay. What the heck happened 
that second day of the MWC. Oh man, we forgot you know, all about this. In in what they what they say in in the tournament world, when it's your day, it's your day. Mm-hmm. That was definitely our day on the water. Um, obviously, we didn't win it, and it would have really been our day. But, um, <laughs> it was our. Day you were to pretty do well. close. Yeah, it was. It was our way. To, our day to do well. Um, we were going out to our first spot, which is on the main lake, and obviously day two it was rolling pretty good. And um, if you ride in my boat with me, I'd, you'll know I don't really let off if it's calm or rolling. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're obviously moving pretty good. You know? Joe's going to put a seatbelt in my boat this year. <laughs> um, so we're hauling across the lake, and we're, we're riding in the troughs, so the waves are, are going um, perpendicular to us. We're riding through the troughs and coming over the top of them, and all of a sudden I hear a bang and a, and a rattle I'm thinking god we just hit something and I look back and nothing and all of a sudden I hear a bang and I look back and I'm like god what is going on you know I, I couldn't figure it out didn't let off yet and all of a sudden I look back again and I see my transducer about six feet behind me just in the air and I'm like oh all right you think that's a dirt bike racer in you so there went our transducer and uh, I'm using the, the three and one from Lorenz, so I, that's the only transducer I have for my down scan, side scan, and, and sonar. That's, that's all I got. So we hadn't even made it to the first spot yet. And I'm like, okay, so this is what we got. All right. Uh, we're primarily using the side scan to find these fish. They're on a, a big flat. And uh, without it, I mean, you're just kind of a shot in the dark. We were yeah. jigging them, pitching at specific schools of them. Sure. So I was like, well... <laughs> Let's try it. So we, we pulled up to uh, our waypoint from the day before. And, of course, they weren't there. I mean, it turned pretty fishing. natural. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and Colt said, well, let's tie on a spinner and a, and a crawler, and let's, let's find a pot of them, and then we'll try to anchor up and pitch on them like we were doing the day before. And, yeah. So tied on some spinners and uh, caught a few. They, the, our unders weren't as good as the previous day, but they were decent. Uh, we had, like, one seventeen and three-quarter. Otherwise, they were right around the 18 mark um and we 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 said well this isn't gonna do us any good we hadn't caught much for overs and i think we caught a, like a 26 inch pre-fish and it was pretty skinny mm-hmm. um so we weren't real confident in finding an over there and i said well if we're gonna do good we gotta be in walker and colt and i agreed on that and away we went to walker so um i shouldn't say i, I didn't have a graph i have the live site from Lawrence on my boat um on my vantage actually but oh. i had spent about two hours looking at it before mm. this tournament. I basically didn't really know what I was looking at other than watching YouTube videos and, and stuff right. like that. And uh, we pulled up on one of the humps, and I put the vantage down, and at this point I'm just using my GPS and trolling along, and all of a sudden I'm paying attention to my graph, and I'm like, huh, well, that's what they look like online. So I steered <laughs> over to them, and <laughs> boom, 28 and a half. I'm oh, like, man. no joke. you got to be kidding <laughs> At that point, me and Colt were like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> Next pass through, Colt catches that 30-incher. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, it just it don't get any better. So then we, we had what we figured was probably the best overs we could get at that point. Um, we are catching them a little bit deeper, so we weren't really a fan of trying to call them and uh, do that game. So we, we just basically went for overs after that. or I mean, unders, excuse me. And uh, we didn't end up catching any more unders, but we caught a couple more decent overs doing it. So, um, you know, it's it's just hard. Now now we're trying to find more fish that we, you know, we're, st- we're in the bay at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're trying to find more fish still with no graph. You know, it's like probably should have just ground it out and hope to get a couple unders out of the deal. But. Right. 
pretty good. Yeah, so so that's the story. Uh, man, I, when when you're lucky, you're lucky, I guess, is, is all you can say. That's, that's a great story. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. And everything sort of evens out, so you got to just sort of enjoy it while exactly. it happens to exactly. you, you know? And that's for sure Colt and I's biggest bag of, of combination of unders and overs I've ever put together. I think it was a little over 21 pounds. So oh, man. That was awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Pretty good. <laughs> um, last thing, what's, what's your first open water plan? Uh, first open water, we've got a trip planned to Green Bay. Um, I Ooh. went for the first time last year, and we, I think we caught between 50 and 60 walleyes, but they were all big. <laughs> um, we hit it post-spawn so they weren't super fat at that point um so we're trying to we're trying to hit the pre-spawn for this year so we don't have our dates dialed in for that yet but sure. that's uh that's the first trip of the year you that's, tow your own boats or do you yep yeah. yep last time we stayed in the uh Ocanto inn and uh if you're gonna do that just bring your own sleeping bag it's a little, <laughs> it's a little dingy <laughs> it's a little dingy but hey it's cheap right yeah i mean sure. you're only sleeping so right um yeah we're, we're pretty excited for that we had three guys last year i think we're gonna have around five this year Bring a couple boats this time, sure. What so, and what, like tentatively, when do you think you're? Is um, that a March thing? April. April. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. So the only thing that kind of sucks about it is you're kind of taking time away from the Rainy River, which is a ton of fun. Super I, yeah, fun. I love the Rainy River in the spring. So that's the only downside to it. But um, when you're casting ripping wraps, that was the, basically right. the first ripping wrap bite I've ever been on. Mm. I've had like a ripping wrap curse. I hadn't caught one before <laughs> ever on one. So. Uh, it the the bites a lot a lot of fun doing that you know four to eight foot, right. pretty sh- relatively shallow, well, real sure. shallow. Yeah, yeah. This is a selfish question, but like, give us a a rundown on how to fish a rip and wrap, right? Sure. So um, what we were doing is targeting them on side scan, and uh, if there was any wind, we'd just anchor upwind from them, uh, or spot lock, I should say, and then we'd fan cast back to them. Uh, we work it a lot like a jig wrap, um, okay. not a, not as fast of a swoop up. And then slack line on the way down. So probably a three, I'd say a two to four foot swing on, depending on the fish's mood, if they want just a little pop or if they want a nice drag of it. Um, so you're making that bait go. Yep. And okay. then it, it's very important to have slack line on the way down is what, what I've found out on it. So not, not semi-slack, like completely slack yep. line on yep. your drop. Yep, completely slack line. I don't know if it interferes with how it drops or if they like it to drop faster. I don't know what the rhyme or reason is of why they like it, but... We've always had better luck on slack line. I guess it's maybe a little hard in shallow water, but do you feel like they pin them like they pin the jig wraps, or do they catch them a lot? You know, sometimes you'll feel the tick on the way down, mm-hmm. and sometimes you won't feel anything. Sure. So it's kind of hard to say. I, I certainly believe a lot of them eat it on the way down, but I, I think a lot of them will pin it to the bottom too. Sure. I think it's a combination of both. And what's your typical setup for it? Like, is it your jig wrap rod? Uh, I will, yep. I'll use the 7-1 JTX or the Black Rain from JT. Um, the black rain's a little bit stiffer, so you've got to gotta be a little bit careful on your swoop so you can get a, too aggressive of a swoop from it. Um, anything that's got some sort of fast action, you don't want to, as soon as you feel that tick, you want to be to your back on it immediately. Yeah. Yep. So uh, any, any uh, fast action rod works real well. Um, anything, I like to use at least a seven footer, being that you're casting. Sure. Anything long is obviously helping for casting, so... And braid as your main line? Yep, I'm using a 10-pound. Last year I was using some uh, Suffix 832, um, but I'm going to switch it up this year, I think. Were you having problems with wind knots yeah. with that 832? Yeah, yeah yep. that's yep. a pretty general the, consensus. Yeah, the fire line is just a little bit more rigid or something. Yep. Like those are the two I use, and I'm not going to use... I like the Suffix a lot for rigging, yep. but not for not for jig wrapping. Or... For sure, yep. Um, 
I can't remember the name of the line, but Berkeley just came out with some new line that's got some different coating on the outside of it for yeah. abrasion resistance. Yep. I think I'm going to try that. I put some on my ice rods for lake trout fishing just to get a feel for it. Yep. And I, I liked it. Obviously, I can't tell on wind knots ice fishing, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it felt good ice fishing off my back. So the like the general trend for uh, like guides compared to like the bigger tournament guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so guides, a lot of times will use more mono for sure. Um, you know, have more mono in their boat Yep. where tournament guys, they, they tend to use almost exclusively braid. Are you the for same sure. way where you're see, uh, Joel, my part tournament partner, he's a big braid guy, whether it's jigging or rigging, pitching, whatever it is, he's braid. And I've, I come into the show all mono, whether it was pitching a jig or rigging, mm-hmm. I was always using mono. Um, I've definitely started to switch over from mono on a few different things, but I think that um, for a few aspects of rigging, I like the mono better, just so you can have that little bit more stretch. Um, it, but there's there's days where you'll outfish somebody on mono, and then there's days you outfish somebody on braid. There's no so, rules in fishing. No, exactly. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The more and more I. I mean, I have a preference, but I think every angler probably has a preference. And whatever you choose to get good with, like you For can, sure. I don't think either one's going to limit you. Yep. You just have to learn them. You yep. know? But in, in, in what's, what's hard for a lot of people is you've got to keep in mind how you want to catch a walleye might not be the way that the walleye is going to bite. So yeah. you've you got to take your, your mindset out of it and let the fish tell you what they're going to bite on. Right. You, know? yeah. you want to catch them this way because that's how you like to do it, but sometimes that's not the right way. I had another question for you. Yep. We're, we're good on time? Yeah. Um, how do you choose? How do you choose which one? We're sitting <laughs> oh, in the garage with yeah. two boats. Yep, yep. One's and, tiller, one's windshield. Yep. And I've seen you in the tiller sometimes when I thought if I had two, I'd maybe be in a windshield. For sure. Like on Leech, you would yeah. have thought for sure I'd yeah. be in the windshield. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. Um, a lot of, I'm, I think if I was better at bolt control for front trolling, I'd, I think I would just go windshield all the time uh for instance on walker bay we knew we were going to spend a lot of time in there and i pre-fished a couple days out of the windshield and i just really struggled to stay on the steep brakes sure um it basically i it and you know when we're traveling it's like all right what boat am i going to take for this and and when we were on vermilion this year i had my buddy bring me my tiller the, the night before the tournament because i was like all right this windshield trick ain't doing it we're in the tiller tomorrow and he, he brought my other boat to me so uh, how I make the decision, I guess, is if I'm going to be rigging or if I'm going to be trolling. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, if you know, you're trolling, you want to be in the windshield, windshield boat. Yep. yep. Um, if I can get away with the windshield, if we're like on Leech, if we're not in Walker Bay, then yeah, we're in the windshield. <laughs> Nobody likes getting wet when it's a sunny day. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, That's maybe the best testament. For tiller boats, what yep. we just heard there, yep. honestly, <laughs> yep. it really is. Yep. You don't see like, anybody in the tiller that doesn't have top-notch rain gear. You're, you're not wrong there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't care what boat it is. When it's a 45-degree wind, you know, coming at you, you're getting wet. <laughs> right, it is what it is. Yep. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, just with the tiller, it's, there's just so much more precision. I feel like when you're when you're rigging, uh, especially sharp stuff like on Pacagama. You can be in twelve foot and be in forty foot if you're not careful. You right. Know, where mm-hmm. with the tiller, you can you're you're 
the transducer is right underneath you, so wherever you put that transducer, you know, is, you're good. You're right. hot on it. Exactly. Where, where when you're front trolling with the, with the windshield, by the time your transducer tells you what depth you're in, the nose can already be 10 foot too shallow. Sure. And then it's a, it's a bigger movement to get you back on course with which way the brake line is right. going. And if you're rigging two, you're trying to stay that three inches off bottom. Exactly. And That's here. really interesting because a lot, you know, I, hadn't, I haven't run a windshield boat for a long time. And yep. uh, most of the, the, and most of the better anglers I know who run windshield boats, walleye yep. guys, yep. they're not up on the bow very often. Exactly. They're, they're looking at their better grass, which are usually above their their console. Their console yep. And those deucers are on the back of the boat. Exactly. And, and the advantage of being in the back um, in a windshield is if you put yourself in the front of the boat and you're rigging off to the right-hand side and you want to take a right-hand turn, your line's under the boat. Right. So you got to reel up, put it to the other side. Well, then you want to turn around, you reel it up, put it to the other side. If you're on the back of the boat, a guy out each side, it doesn't matter what direction you turn, you're always yeah, right there. Always. You're not going to cross your line unless you turn around or you really screw it up. So yeah, we, we definitely still spend a lot of time in the back of the boat, but um, there's there's it's just like everything. There's advantages and disadvantages, right? Yep. Cool. Anything else? No, I think uh, I think we've covered just about everything. Yeah been good uh you want to do one last pitch for some of the some of the fishing industry that you're tied to if you know if people want to look you up or if they want to learn more about the products that you stand behind where yeah. where can they find you absolutely yeah uh log on to the hang loose outdoors website uh www.hangloosoutdoors.com or you can visit our facebook page instagram or twitter page um we have a youtube as well um go on to that and that'll showcase all of our sponsors that we have um, you can go onto the JT Outdoor Products website and find all the rods that we use there, um, high-end rods. So that's uh, that's what we're about. And JT Outdoors is a Minnesota company, right? Yep, they're out, out of Farmington. In Farmington. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dylan. We, yes. Uh, we've thank had you. a lot of fun, and it was Absolutely. great hearing your stories. Absolutely, it's awesome to have you guys here. <laughs> thank you. Uh, end of February, right now, we're thinking we might do two in March for the Walleye Talk listeners. And then uh, get started in April with maybe once a week in April, huh? Depends oh, on. Uh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, yeah. We have to. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next time.